All right, all right, all right. Welcome to We Are Something Else, episode 70. These are the times. Big number tonight, guys. Big number. Um, we want to let you guys know we are picking up our Black Business Series, and tonight's special guest is Mr. Ramatu Kondakai from My Two Two Cents. He'll be sitting in us with uh, sitting in with us tonight uh, for our Black Business Series. Uh, so she happened to join on a what should be a very different night for our show. Because, uh, do we have a president yet? Well, a, a new president, president-elect. We're, we're kind of in a in a shaky situation. Tuesday. Uh, let's just let's do our, our due diligence, fellas. What's good? <laughs> That's about right. TV e. Three days straight, man. Like, right, right. Eve, what's good, man? Ah, uh, nothing much, man. You know, uh, you know, we were we were checking in with with each other the whole time, and I, I really didn't turn on the TV. I was trying to stay off of the, but you know, the shade room and everybody else and their mama, you know, was going uh, post on on you know social media. So it was hard to kind of dodge, but you know. I said what I said to you fellas, and I'll kind of keep it at that. Just between us, it's just the way it is. You did. Superfly. Besides TV, three days straight. What's what's good with you? I'm I'm still here, man. You know, <laughs> I'm alive. I'm healthy, but yo, you know, I'm just trying to watch it. It seems like it's trending in the right direction, but you know. E Pop said you look like you're packing up like Trump. <laughs> His lighting is good today, man. The, the lighting is he, look, he got on. He, he, a little look, I, look, I, I had to get it together. You know what I'm saying? You know, nah, that's looking good. But uh, nah, I ain't packing up, Pop. But uh, you know, I'm listen, man. It, it's just the it's the lay of the land. You know, the times that we in. But at the end of the day, you. I see you repping Morgan. All right, y'all. So let's let's get to it. Oh, we lost. He'll be back. I don't know. He got some. He, he's in the dungeon. All right. So let's wrap. There's not much to talk about, but one thing. And there's a lot to talk about that. Uh, so Tuesday, we've been we've been hyping election throughout all our shows, telling everybody vote, 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 vote. And uh, Tuesday was election day. And we're going into Friday, and we still don't have a winner. I mean, it looks like it's starting to trend one way. But you know, it's 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 historic. I can't think of another time since as since I've I've been paying attention to politics that we've had an election so important and the numbers were this high and it, it's taken this long. So I, I think Tuesday going into Wednesday, I didn't get any sleep at all. I think that Wednesday once once you realize everything has become repetitive. And we're just, it's the same numbers and it's the same speech. The maps are doing the same thing. It's probably good to go to bed because at that point, nothing new is coming in. And that, that's what I've learned. Yeah, you got to um, know where to draw the line at. You know what I mean? Just just be like, all right, I'm going to separate for a couple of hours and, you know, get back to real life. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this like I actually do it. I don't. Like, I'm, <laughs> if, I leave the t- if I turn the TV off, I got it on my phone. Like, I'm on Twitter. I'm on you know, 538 refreshing. 
Right. It's I like, think the, 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 the frustrating thing about this is that it's not um, like usually sometimes it'd be like, all right, even if even if it was like Trump won, at least it would be some like resolution that you could just be like, OK, I know what's about to happen. Let me just prepare. But it's like with all everything is just unresolved. So you just stuck like I got to keep watching. I got to keep watching. And it's just, absolutely. you know, absolutely. you can't get your mind off of it. But I Real feel quick. Like- I don't know. I, I guess I'll just I'll put my two cents in there. No Go punch. for it. No. Go for it. <laughs> um, but I feel like maybe it's 2020. Like I feel like we've been through it all. Like I feel like I'm like numb to everything at this point. Like I feel like I just watched the election and I know that it's gonna be like a week or two. It's like nothing's nothing's easy. Like nothing has been like simple in 2020. So why did y'all think we were going to wake up in one day and get the results? Like it's 2020. Like I expected like Kanye to win a state or something. Like I was like, any surprise at this point, like just, this, Absolutely. like it's nothing is easy this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, real quick. Uh, CB is out tonight. I uh, want to, Wish CB and uh, his brother Ryan. Uh, Ryan is getting married on Saturday, I believe. So tonight is the rehearsal dinner, and they're doing all the preparations for this for the stuff coming up. So we're gonna not we're gonna hold it down for CB. But uh, congratulations to Ryan and Sheila uh, getting married. Well, we'll, they will be getting married. So um, yeah, so Tuesday night was a very different night. Let's start with that. It looked like it was. It was going to swing one way Tuesday night because the numbers, the way they were coming in was just absolutely like Trump's numbers were super high in a lot of states. And Biden was taking some here and there. But you're like, oh, my gosh, this is I'm, I'm, I'm 2016 all over again where you, you kind of felt Hillary had it, but it was getting ready to slip away. And this one looked like it was, I guess it was a many- bit of a yo-yo. We got sized about Florida. Well, yeah, you're right. Florida and Ohio. Florida and Texas, too. Like, (laughs) it was just like, come on, man, let's come back to reality. Like, you know what this place is. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not they're not going to let us down. They're going they're going to come through every time. (laughs) Every time you think you got them, nah, they're coming back. Um, (laughs) And it was at 2 a.m. when Trump made his, his speech. Biden's speech was first and he was saying, look, be patient. It's a long haul. We feel very good. And I'm like, that sounds like defeat to me, but he's just going to hold on just to see. And at 2 a.m., Trump is like, oh, we won. This is ours. And I, I, I couldn't I couldn't sleep. It's like, oh, my God, here we go. But, you know, we, we wouldn't be any worse off than what we are now because he's already president, right? And then Tuesday started, t- uh, Wednesday started telling a different story. I, I, the first thing I saw Tuesday was, Wednesday, I'm sorry, was Bernie Sanders was on The Tonight Show like two days prior. And he told Kimmel, it's like, look, this is what's going to happen. Tuesday night, all those votes are going to come in for Trump. And it's going to look like he's running away with it. And he's going to probably get on about 10 o'clock and say, I've won. This is my victory. Mm-hmm. But he's like, just hold up because the most important days are going to be late Wednesday, Thursday, and going into Friday where you'll see Joe Biden pull away with this thing. And look where we are now. We're close. We're we're, we're at ties in some place, right? We right we right up on it. (laughs) We right 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 there. But you know, like you said, it is 2020. 
It is. I'm telling you, like, I, I thought, like, one of the states would have had Kanye or something. Like, you can't, you know, I thought, or, like, I saw what is the pipe burst in one of the Atlanta, um, one of the voting centers in Atlanta, yeah. like, mm-hmm. stuff like that. You just, That's what I thought, yeah. It was, I think it was a power outage in Florida. Like, it was some, there's, yeah. there's definitely a lot of weird stuff going on, right. you know. It's still a bit uh, disheartening to see, you know, 69 million people voted for incompetence. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's just like looking that. at your fellow, you know, your fellow citizen. Like, come on, man. Like, you know, 230,000 people dead. And that, you know what I'm saying? That's just this year. Like, <laughs> like they believe that rhetoric that, you know, the Democrats are going to cheat their way in the votes. You know, these are legal ballots, illegal votes. You got guys um, jumping on in front of newscasters talking about they're trying to steal the election from us. They're going to steal it. Like uh, these, the, the military ro- votes through absentee ballots every year. Like they've been using mail-in voting. Oh for yeah, the entire existence of <laughs> of voting and, and right, that's legit. Okay. Right, and he's talking. He wants us stop the vote in the states that he's winning, but keep counting in the states that he's losing. And there's all kind of lawsuits and all that. But I say all that just to say, look, back to my point. It's still 2020. And so I came up with a list of 10 things that I trust more than 2020. <laughs> so number 10. And then some of y'all may know this person, some of y'all may not. But number 10, get invited to a hotel by Rashida Moore. Superfly, you know who that is? No. <laughs> Bitch set me up. Ah, uh, Okay. So yeah, I trust getting invited okay. to a hotel more than by her okay. more than Shout out to the mayor. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Dick Cheney is my hunting partner. Yeah, that's I a, trust that more than twenty twenty. Yeah, um, a sleepover at Michael Jackson's. I oh, trust that more on. than twenty twenty. Man, I trust that more than twenty twenty at this point, right? Um. I mean, what's the way Weber. you trusting that? Like, you trusting well, that you're going to be okay? Or are you trusting that you're I'm trusting that. Look, I trust <laughs> that, that scenario more than I trust 2020. 2020, yeah, I look. All these scenarios I trust more than I trust what 2020 has brought us. Hey, Superfly was really concerned about that one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> look, at this point, it's safer, right? Um, Chris Webber was second stuff on the clock against the Tar Heels. I'm going to trust that one more than I trust 2020. A sneaker raffle. I'm trusting that more. I trust 2020. Pete Carroll on the one yard line. I got to trust it more. Than I trust 2020. That hurts. Uh, a woman that says she has Indian in her family. I'm trusting that more. Than I trust 2020. Uh, Steve Harvey picking a winner. Got to trust it more than 2020, right? Millie Vanilli singing Blame It on the Rain. Got to trust that more than 2020. Uh, and then my last one, uh, a pregnancy test from the Dollar General. Trust that more than 2020. <laughs> they say those are actually accurate. So listen, that, well, that, that should be number one, okay? <laughs> at this point, I trust it. <laughs> so uh, where do we go from tonight? Where, Where is this thing going to end? Are we, are we going to get an official ballot? Are we going to get an official announcement tonight? Nope. I doubt it. Yeah, not nothing. Definitely nothing official. I I highly doubtful we'll get uh, even a uh, you know possible tonight. I think it's just more trickling of you know a few thousand votes and 
the same narrative. Actually, it's, it's like, really good for TV if you haven't. Noticed. Of course, the ratings. We think Don King has been amazing through all this. Like I, I've been on CNN, and that guy. I mean, he's just super one way. He's not. He's not giving you the left or the right, but he's just breaking it down for you. So, uh, yeah, I will say I do, and also I love the slow burn. I can just imagine Trump sitting in the White House every time those numbers come in. Just edging up little by little, he's he's losing losing control of the country, and I just imagine how he feels right now. Probably how a lot of people felt during this whole coronavirus thing. So coming back on him, and I'm you know whatever. This is the least of what I want to happen to that man. Right? How is inauguration gonna go if if Trump loses? How's inauguration? I don't think you'll show up. The most petty. <laughs> you move out the night before. You know. You move out the night before and just leave the keys at the. At it's the front petty desk level that we ain't even seen yet. Like you know. <laughs> I agree. things. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was one of the things I thought about. Like he's not gonna pass it over. Like he already said, he's not. It's not gonna be a, uh, just a nice little passover. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day. <clears throat> Whatever, whatever we think that he do, he probably do something outside of that, just on some, just because, you know what I mean? Like, not shake the man's hand or, you know, complain, you know, at the at, you know, the little the little meeting and stuff like that. Like, it's it's not gonna be genuine. And to be honest with you, nobody really cares that the, you know what I'm saying. What happens to that? It's just a simple fact that, bro, you gotta move out. This is eviction. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want you want them to pull up and get you out of there. That's what's really gonna happen because. This ain't, you know, this, it won't be that time where I will say this, they, they have allowed him to do a whole lot of stuff that probably no other president would ever get, like, get away with. But I think there's certain ones that even, you know, the, the, the hardcore is just like, you know, on, on a different level, like that's just beyond them. But I'm not surprised by it. as much red was, you know, illustrated on the States because it's always going to be that way. It ain't gonna change. It's the underbelly of, of uh, America, and uh, again, uh, unfortunately, it's just a band aid that's over a, a gaping ass wound that they don't want to deal with. And there's too many generations that they gotta go through to fix it. And they're starting to kind of separate from him just a little. I mean, by him definitely pushing and and kind of definitely tarnishing. The democracy that we have of voting, saying that people are cheating. Uh, tonight, he Pence kind of just came back and said, "Look, let let all let's count all the legal votes." Not agreeing with the president, but just kind of not going against him either. But just saying, "Hey, look." So they, they're starting to separate. They see what's happening. You don't want to be associated with this guy. I mean, you need him for his popularity because you're probably going to keep your seats later on down the line, and you want his votes to vote for you. You have to start separating yourself. Two the right, things, the right man. is on the wall, huh? They're they're already talking about him vote, running in twenty twenty four. Like y'all got to be crazy on the right to let this dude run for president again. Do you understand the highest particip voter participation uh, since you know all people over eighteen were allowed to vote and participate in this election? Dave, he, he's really uh, you know. I, for for lack of a better term, like awoken or you know woke up the you know majority of the country, the voting population. And the second 
thing is all those people who were talking about how their vote don't count but are sitting here watching CNN every two seconds watching these counts come in. I don't want to hear anything about my vote does not matter anymore. Like that, that argument should be put to rest over what we're going through right now. Right. You understand right now how every vote actually does count and matter. Right. You have the popular vote and you have the electoral college, right? You get elected by electoral college. And, and so that's part of my thing I've been saying about old politics. Like some of these things have to change. And we're stuck now, one way or another, you would have a, uh, two presidents that's gonna be into their 80s through, this, through the next term, is that Trump or Biden, right? And where, and then you have older people in Congress, where do, where's the fresh blood at? Because there's a lot of young people who have a lot of ideas that could probably interest, make the Republican party interesting and not, you know, that all that hate rhetoric, that's old school. That's old generation. There's a lot of young Republicans that have respect from both sides. That can, and this nation, this, this whole thing has to change. There's a lot of black college. people that would vote Republican if they huh? just divorce oh, themselves yeah. from all the BS. You know what I'm saying? Like, if they just go on whatever their ideas are, low taxes. Who doesn't want low taxes? I'm not saying I'm voting Republican. I'm just saying that some of the, some of the principles would appeal to people who, you know what I mean, are more entrepreneurial or who don't, don't, it's a lot, we all know a lot of black people who don't necessarily want the government in their business. Like if they would just stick to, you know what I mean? Some of the, you know, some of their principles that don't have anything to do with racism, they might, even though a lot of it's still rooted in racism, if we want to be real, of but like they would appeal to a lot more uh, black people and have a bigger share to vote. But you know, who knows what it's, be doing. it's all about being relatable, right? Who do you relate with at a certain like none of us here can relate to the uh, 80, 90 year old white man? We don't trust. Oh, that. actually, no, I'm just kidding. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> we can't relate to that. <laughs> you just made function, you know. <laughs> That's the week. That's that not us. Awesome, <laughs> you got me like <laughs> we can't. And so to keep it interesting, there has to be familiarity. People that, that look like us, talk like us, it doesn't matter color, just beliefs, ideas. All this has to change. Um, but you know, I will say if Biden does go on to win, as the trend is showing, we will have our first woman. Vice president and our first African American woman vice president at that too. So there there is a light behind all of this. And she may end up being president if you know. Well, you know. Oh come on, don't don't I'm just saying. I'm just look, I'm not saying anything bad, but she could very well end up being president. Black women and and uh, black women especially and black people in general are really saving a democracy. Like, you know what I mean? By hook or crook, like every single uh, big city in this country has driven to vote. Even, you know, looking at PG County, you know, as an example, almost 90 percent of uh, the vote in PG County went to Biden. You know what I'm saying? The most I think the most votes of any candidate in the state, you know, I think we're somewhere like 310,000 like that. That beats every other county, even Montgomery, which is larger. And they haven't finished the count, but I still think they're going to beat that out. So. You know what I mean? Black people showing up and, you know, we want to we want to continue to hold the feet to the fire and, you know what I mean? Demand like what we want. 
So like, let's talk about what's next. You know, once of course, once we get through this, this period exactly. that we're in. Exactly. And like we've talked about plenty of times before. You put the right people in power that have your interests, right? I voted for Larry Hogan. Larry Hogan's a Republican. He's to me, he's done good things for the state of Maryland. He has maybe one or two small things about him, but nobody's perfect. But I thought he handled the pandemic perfectly. I mean, so it's not a, it's about what what's what's the best interest for your families, your kids, whatever. And who's gonna who's gonna put you there first? All right. So, anybody, any more comments before we jump into this Black Business Series? Uh, I <laughs> <reaches> <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, we're back with our Black Business Series. Um, so, for those who are just joining us for the first time, we've been doing this for all about three months, maybe, maybe four. Um, since we've been in pan- uh, quarantine, there have been a lot of businesses suffering because of shutdown uh, right now that currently shut down a lot of things are back open but we'll be going to shut back shut back down because of this winter coming up but we wanted to spotlight you know black businesses that may be struggling may not be struggling just bring spotlight to them so tonight um we have miss rama to kandakai so I'm gonna let you just give a background on what it is that you do, Ramatu, uh, so we can go from there. Okay. Um, so I actually started my business during this pandemic. Um, so I will say that I took advantage of the free time and I'm someone that I have a marketing background, so I'm always thinking about what's going on and how can I capitalize on it in a sense of, you know, what, what, what trends are going, what is shifting. So my brand is my two, two cents, but my business, which I started is called two, two brand strategies. Um, but I wanted to highlight my two, two cents because I started my business because my brand was was starting to grow so much. And, and that's what I really wanted to just talk about is that, you know, a lot of people, don't really know how they can really, you know, you have a passion, you're doing something that's fun and you can monetize on it. So my tutu cents is a YouTube. Well, I started it as just posting like posts on LinkedIn. Um, cause I was looking for a job, you know, it's rough out here. <laughs> and I was posting the show like that I'm passionate about, you know, brand strategy. And for those that don't know what brand strategy is, um, is basically just thinking about, you know, the brands that you like, you know, even you look in the background, everybody has something they posted up. You rich, you got a lot of brands in the back. <laughs> um, you know, most people don't realize that like, the products that you buy, the brands that you really like, there's a strategy and there's a reason why you are obsessed with them. Like you don't go into CVS and get the CVS brand. You always want that. You're like that generic brand. No, I'm good. Got the same ingredients, but the brand name is what you always go for. So I really like the psychological elements of that. And so I post about that on LinkedIn all the time. And people started liking my post and commenting. And then I really, I started a YouTube channel cause I was bored during quarantine. And I was like, you know, there's so many brand strategy lessons in pop culture. Like, you know, there's reasons why you're waiting up until midnight to get the Beyonce album, knowing you could easily just get it the next day. <laughs> and um, there's reasons why like, there's just so many things that like, you don't really notice that you do 
because there's strategies involved. So I started a fun YouTube channel. Um, I even talked about the Will and Jada controversy and how like they fizzled that down. And like, there's just all these strategy elements to it. That So it's like a fun way to teach people about this and for them to learn. So I used those strategies to build my brand and I used it to start my business. So people started reaching out to me being like, oh, like, you know, I have this business and I want to build my brand. Can you help me this or that? And I was like, sure, let me do an LLC. Let me create a business. So I did all that during quarantine and that's what I do now. So I basically provide consulting services for I'm focusing mostly on small businesses, solopreneurs, coaches. Um, and I want to really focus on black businesses because we've been getting hit the most. And I want to make sure that the black dollar rotates. Um, and that's what I've been doing. So that's kind of like the short, short version. Um, and I, yeah, but that's basically it. So like jumping in, what are some of the key, uh, you know, like linchpins or like key elements of what a brand is to you? Um, so most people always like think about like color and they're like, oh, you do branding? Like, can you graphic designer? Like most of the key elements of a brand, yes. Like the look and feel, the sh you know, you think about the color scheme, you think about the typography for the visuals, but you also need to think about um, the personality of a brand. So a lot of companies will think about, is my brand young? Is it youthful? Is it older? Are we a startup? Are we lean? So those are different brand attributes that you have that a lot of people don't think about. So brand personality, then um, your brand voice. So you got this brand, like how are you going to talk to people? You have to think about who are you talking to and how are you going to like say it and do it? Because when you, you really don't realize it, but when you look at the brands that you like, they talk a certain way to you and another brand will talk a different way too. And you're like, and so it's like little things like that. So brand voice, brand personality, um, the brand look and feel, the tone, um, those are pretty much the things I would say. So I, I usually call those out and I think about that. So for, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much, pretty much that. So for a small business, like, uh, let's say we, we had a, a few of them on, obviously. Um, we'll say Hardy's Barbecue. They're, they're small, husband and wife own. Uh, they do. They have a food truck and they have a storefront, all right? Um, and their presence on social media is, and they'll post. But for a company like that, how do you, what's some of the best things they could do if it's just them to get, get the eye of you know people listening outside of word of mouth so so one of the things like for your brand is always think about who your audience is because one of the biggest mistakes people make is like i need like i need to be on TikTok. is your audience on TikTok? like no like i'm sorry you don't need to be doing those dance moves and all that like calm back down so like i think that for this for hardy's barbecue maybe they don't even need to really be on instagram on that sense because it's an older audience everybody's mama and grandmother's on Facebook now. So like that's, you know, like thinking about the channel you should be on first. Well, actually who you're talking to, the channel you should be on first is the biggest thing. So they're probably one may not be on the best platform for who they're speaking to. They might need to be on, you know, cause it's more like mom and pop, people doing barbecues, people, you know, older people. So Facebook would make sense or partnerships that are offline. So like, that people people sleep on direct mail like direct mail is a big thing so it's like maybe you know like granted i don't use them but 
Bed Bath & Beyond, they're still really adamant about sending out those. <laughs> but, so I want to use them as an example. But my point is like, you know, having um, ads in magazines and doing different partnerships. So for instance, like Harley Davidson. Have you ever seen a Harley Davidson ad? Like think about the last time you saw a Harley Davidson ad, Harley Davidson on Instagram, like, but Harley Davidson has like a loyal following because they create communities of bikers. And then these bikers, they will do events and have like all these events throughout the year with the bikers. So it's not, people need, so that's the, the difference for brand strategy. People always really, they're like, oh, it's digital. Everything is digital. Depending on your audience is where you need to go. And it's not always the latest digital thing that's out there. Yeah, I, I think like Harley Davidson is really interesting because it's really a culture. You know what I mean? There's clothing, yeah, events, <laughs> the bike itself. Like there's, there's many elements to what Harley Davidson is. You know what I mean? So you have to you know, of course, cater to cater whatever your uh, brand is going to be to what you're trying to sell. But understand that like the, you you can be more effective by thinking outside of just the one little product that you might be trying to push. Got a question. What about small businesses who believe the audiences are everyone? No. <laughs> so um, in general, you have your target audience and that is that is just like thinking about, you know, you're creating, the, you're solving a problem. Whatever you're doing as a business, you're solving a problem. Who are you solving this problem for? Who's going to find it the most valuable? Like marketing, branding is, is very basic and people overcomplicate it. Like you're creating a business to solve a problem. Okay, dive deeper. How are you solving this problem? Who are you solving for? And make literally an ideal person. So if you think, you know, if you're coming out with, you know, you're coming out with like um, a mask now, you know, with COVID and all that, but the mask is going to have like the way that it doesn't get makeup on, you know, on it. Cause now us ladies, we get the makeup all in the mask and we got to throw it away. You know, that's for people wearing makeup. That could be just, you could just do women. And then you could think about the certain age demographic of women, you know? So it's like, you got to think about your target and stick to that. Cause a niche is going to get you way more money than trying to talk to everybody. In your small business, you do not have the budget or the time or the resources. So do not try to talk to everybody because you're going to exhaust yourself. And then the people that aren't your, let's say you're trying to talk to somebody like, hey, you want this mask? If I go to one of you guys, yo, I got this mask. And it, you know, it doesn't smudge makeup. You want to buy it? Come on. You know, like, it's like, okay, like and I'm putting ads on your IG and you're seeing ads for this. Like, that's not what you want. Like all, everything is now is personalized and targeted. Like, yeah. I, you, you do not want to be seeing all these ads on IG about this mask that has it that doesn't do makeup. We but need me, a mask that don't mess up your beard. Exactly, like, like the beard oil or something. I don't know, like like it absorbs the beard oil so it'll dry your beard. I don't know what the mask do to you guys with beards. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's dry and crispy. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Yeah. So for so for startup businesses um, who may have issues trying to figure out who they're targeting. In the same place. What's 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 the best way to to get through that? Do you just have two different target audiences and you just try to weed through them? What's what's the best way? People really need to use Google. Um, <laughs> but like a lot of times, I will always say this, and I will say this, and this is there's a template for everything. You are not the first person to think or do what you are doing. So that's the first thing I'm going to say. Um, 
But if you if you're like um you don't know what your target audience is, go to the problem and then think about and then type that in people that use X or you know like start searching things that are answering the problem. Are right, start googling things that um that are questions that you would ask if you had that problem and start googling that and then put make associations with things. So if you're looking at like you know and like the example with the mask and the makeup, all right. Who who has problems, you know, with makeup smudging or like, you know, like all those things and you can just Google it if you if, like if you can't think about it. And then when you find that type of person, you can literally Google persona for women between ages 13 to 15, like whatever, like millennial, like any, literally there is nothing you are creating from scratch. Like at all, like, like everybody's mom created a template in Pinterest. Like, I don't know why people just don't like look for stuff. Hey, hey, listen. This this definitely sound like uh, um, a business course from Morgan State. I thought I'd throw <laughs> that in there, but um, you know, but that's that. It's really you know just to chime in what she's saying. Like, understand the, the first thing that they you know teach anybody in business or in business school. If you go on that route, research stats, like all of those numbers, you got to get all that information so you can kind of narrow down that situation is that, you know, like true indeed, like people need to hear, like if you wear yourself thin, you're gonna miss that opportunity of that one person or that that crowd that you needed to be focused on. And, you know, I think, I wonder if it's, and this is kind of a question now for you, do you think it's more of the younger generation that kind of has this scatterbrain mentality that I'm gonna reach every everybody based upon now you have more of a social media platform that does kind of go out more compared to if you will, the older heads that are on this podcast that we had to go do like, you know, older things where you had to go to an actual business seminar, you know, actually, you know, talk to somebody, this, that, and the third, where now it's almost like there's no FaceTime. Everything is just kind of shooting it out and just saying, I, whatever, I'll throw my hands up. If it, if it grabs something, then I'm good. If not, you know, I got to figure it out. I, so, okay. So talking to someone, I'm a older millennial, I guess I will say, don't knock these Gen Zers because they actually do strategize. Like if you use, for instance, if you use TikTok, right? And you go on TikTok, if you go on a, on a certain TikTok page, you will get the same type of content on that one TikTok because they do they do think about their niche more than we realize. Like I, like creating a YouTube, I started creating YouTube and I was like, oh, okay, this will be simple. I'll just do, you know? And then I started, these youngins are teaching me how to do stuff. So they do they are niching things down and once they find what they once they become viral at something they stick to that and they continue to do repetitively so if you look at like the big social media influencers they know the recipe that works and they stick to it like they know their audience so all these gen zers that do go viral they're consistent with exactly what they do like i follow there's a girl young bbq she just makes like funny dance videos, but she makes sure she wear the same outfit. She makes sure she dances on the same street and she has like endorsements and a million followers now. So like they, they are consistent once they get something that works. I'll, I'll say I noticed that. How, how do you have to, what's the easiest <laughs> way to make sure that you're sticking to a business model, your, your plan? Cause a lot of people go in Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and they have, to, they have to switch. The easiest, so business model, I feel like you, in general, like starting a business, doing anything in marketing, 
you have to be flexible and willing to listen and change. I feel like people, like you can't be stubborn to be like, nah, like for instance, my target, like you say, this is my target audience, right? And then you put out a page and then you realize that, let's say your target audience was women for some reason that were Gen Zers. And then you create the page, let's say it was women that worked in um, like real estate owners and they were in the DC area. And then you create your page and then you realize it's women, but they do something else. You need to pivot to where the demand is. So that goes with your business model too. Like if you look like, come on, Netflix, Netflix, look at Netflix now. Like you have to pivot to the, the what the industry's telling you, what the market's telling you. Netflix, you were getting DVDs mailed to you. Now look at Netflix. I'm watching like, I'm literally been like watching Stranger Things for like the last two weeks now. Like, like they're creating these multi-blockbuster like movies and stuff. They went into streaming, they pivoted. So definitely stick with them. You definitely want to create a business model, but you definitely want to look at like once you what the market is telling you because all these retailers are closing, everything's moving into e-commerce. So it's all about what the industry is telling you. So market trends and then what your consumers are telling you too. So back to the research part. Are we are we past the the days of big brick and mortars or no? We're not, I worked at a brick and mortar, COVID laid me off, <laughs> but we're not past it at all. Um, but uh, Netflix versus Blockbuster, we're not past it at all, but I think um, companies need to be flexible um, with what's going on. I think that the bigger giants um, have more flexibility. I think there's gonna be more, less brick and mortars. I think there's gonna be more warehouses and more deliveries but that's just like what I think. Yeah, I definitely. think that, go ahead, Supla. I, I was gonna say around, you know, related to the brick and mortar question, like, do you have any, um, you know, I don't want you to give your business all out, you know, for free out here to the people, but like strategies around, you know, how to leverage like direct to consumer via, you know, Amazon or just a channel just on your website uh, that, you know, allows people to kind of move their product in this like COVID world where you might not be going into a brick and mortar just because, you know, the city is shut down or something like that. And you need to know how to pivot, you know, around that. It's yeah. So like, it's difficult to pivot. And one of the things that like where I work, we noticed was, um, you know, there's a lot of people that like to go into the store and they like the in-store experience. So how do you bring that into the virtual space? So like, you know, having like a little widget or having like, you know, how we have video conferencing now for work, like having that as an option when you're going into online space. So like when you're looking at these online conferences, like, I don't know if you guys have gone to some, but some of them have been like you're just typing in a chat box. But then the ones that I went to that really worked were the ones that had that virtual experience, the UX design. So the advice I would give is to think about the customer experience and the UX design more. Like, don't just think you can copy and paste what something that someone else has. Like Amazon works because we have patience for Amazon and Amazon has the UX designer to go ahead and make all those filtering and stuff. But for you, you know, you need to think about what, how, you know, what is the user experience and you're going to have to invest in it and hire someone that actually knows a lot about UX design. Like that's certain territories. I'll even say for marketing, everyone is not a marketer. Please stop. 
everyone is not a US designer. So like certain things you you better find someone or hire someone. It's not for you. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. So question off of that pivot real quick. Yeah. Um, what what are your thoughts on on Walmart getting into that that type of uh, avenue like Amazon? Like I feel like they figured they're just as big warehouse style. They they gonna deliver straight to people because look how many people go to Walmart on a regular basis. I mean Walmart Walmart's got its hands in a lot of stuff. Like they now they're doing the TikTok thing. They're part of the partners for that. So. Walmart, when you think about your competitors, you're always trying to be one step ahead of them or be in certain spaces with them. So for me, I think that's smart for Walmart to continue to um, continue to evolve because not everyone has a car to go and do that um, pickup. And then that's probably been a demand for consumers for a long time. So like you're like, oh, they're copying Amazon. They're probably just People probably wanted deliveries from Walmart from the jump. And Walmart's different from Amazon. Like that goes back to branding. Like I've got, I don't know if you've ever ordered um, furniture from Walmart. I have, will not do it again. But um, it's just like, you know, every brand is different. So for Walmart to be a delivery service, it's going to be different from Amazon. So we've been talking about black, this is the black business series. You're the branding expert. Who are some black businesses that are doing branding the right way that you think we should check out and try oh, to emulate? That is a good question. I I will need to look into that because I I will say I definitely think that Tef Teflor was it Teflor the bag they do purses. Mm -hmm. Um, they have they're really good. Their like community is like intense. And I feel like they have like loyal consumers and their, I want to say their customer service, their advertising things are kind of different. So that, I think they are doing things right. I'm trying to think of some more newcomers. Um, I like, oh, um, I'm really big on hair care. <laughs> so um, there is this brand called, and they're new, they're called, uh, well, not new, new, but uh, as an Ottawa beauty and they got a partnership with Sephora recently, like Sephora made like a, they're going to get black businesses, 15% shelf space on their in stores. Mm -hmm. And so that company was able to get the shelf space, but I found out about them because, um, I, I YouTube a lot of product, um, comparisons because I have natural hair mm -hmm. and they, they they have a lot of great influencers or people that, like that are using their product too. Um, and I think what else? Um, I think that's it. I would have to look into it more, but I will definitely say that I see more black businesses not doing well in the branding space, a lot of newer black businesses. So, um, and then there's some I would shout out, but I feel like they're too, too um, premature. But I do. I will say, like, I wish I saw more black businesses doing more of the branding that I would like. Um, so that's kind of why I personally focus on black businesses because I feel like we, it doesn't translate the best sometimes. Mm -hmm. How big are these black business communities on like social on Facebook? Um, does that seem to have a good turnout? Do you think if somebody wants to promote their stuff going into a DMV black business Facebook group? So one thing I'll say is hands down, anytime you're trying to join a group or you're looking at social media, look at the engagement. 
Because you could have 2 million followers, but you get like three likes or like four comments. So don't focus, like I would rather go into, so when I go on Facebook groups, that shows the activity for the day. It shows how many posts for that day. So you want to look at the number, but you want to look at how many posts they have daily. I will say that GroupMe, if you're looking for like, I think Facebook is great for communities, um, I, but I think GroupMe is like the best, the best, the, the secret like weapon to anything. Like there's communities for, I know like the wave, which is like social events. There's communities for like black marketers. There's communities for everything. And people are engaged because it's a mobile app on your phone mm -hmm. and people go into there. So I think most of the time, because, you know, it was kind of like a meetup used to be, but it's kind of fizzled out because no one's yeah. really doing person stuff. But GroupMe is like the virtual meetup. It's great for events. Like if you could actually do trans like money transactions, they would be it would be over. But you know, you still yes. gotta lean on some of those other platforms. But yes, yeah, but I will I will say for my YouTube page, like I leaned a lot on GroupMe to like get like exposure to get people to like watch my stuff. Um I built like and I, I used I used a lot of communities on Facebook too. How big are uh, hashtags when posting? Um, it depends what platform, um, but the hashtag is not dead. The hashtag is not dead. I'll say on TikTok, my, I made the biggest mistake the other week. The for you page hashtag like that, like the hashtags are huge on TikTok. Hashtags, music, all that. I could do a whole segment on TikTok. I won't. Um, and Instagram, it changes. You still need to do it. Um, because people can follow hashtags and it goes into their like activities. So if I like 10 photos and they have like black is beautiful, then I'm going to start seeing in my feed more black is beautiful pictures or content with that hashtag. So it all, but it all goes back to knowing your customer, like everything I'm saying, like, if you literally just said, I got one target consumer, what do they like? What are they looking at? What hashtags are they following? And you just do that. You're good money. It's just that people try to broaden it out too much. But hashtags are important, but it depends on the platform. Sorry for interrupting. I just I feel like the stories are more engaging now on IG than just regular IG. You know what I mean? Like I feel like we're being pushed more towards that TikTok kind of you know yeah. uh, consumption now. We are well. Stories were stolen from Snapchat. Yeah. <laughs> which which like yeah. So stories are stolen from Snapchat. Reels were stolen from TikTok. So Instagram is like an example of a company that pivots. We'll call it pivoting. Um, so, yeah, but I do agree. Like the the uh, the feed is changing, and Instagram bases your feed based on engagement, not on. Um, and that's kind of what kind of the decline of the feed happened was that it used to be big on engagement. No, it used to be big. It used to be chronological order, and we right. all loved it. We was like, yeah, you know, you posted that two minutes ago, and I was like. Cause I like this photo of this person. I'm, I'm going to see something that happened two days ago. So the, the feed, I feel like it's still there, but yeah, there's stories, there's reels now. So yeah, I feel like it's more people are going on that. Got a question. Um, how do you find out about different groups on group me? Cause I got the plug. No, I was just trying to think, um, <laughs> how do I find out? I, I think it's about being social. So I, I honestly think you need to ask people and there's always, it's word of mouth. Group me is word of mouth because it's a, a lot of times it's invite only. 
someone has to invite you or you got to get that link. So talk to someone that you think uses it. And I think Google, see, it all goes back to Google. I'm sure there's something. <laughs> so social media obviously plays a big part in today's everything. Right. So for a company that, that necessarily isn't involved in social media and because it could be like an older an older couple that, that started a business, what's, what's some avenues outside of social media? I think you said mailing, but some ways to engage. Oh, um, events, definitely events. And they don't have, obviously now they're not in person. Um, partnerships. Um, so that's another big thing, you know. Um, so events, partnerships, obviously print mail or anything like that. Um, and there's so many things you can mail to people. It doesn't only have to be mailing. Um, it doesn't have to be like coupons, but if, oh, that's the other thing too. Like coupons and loyalty programs are huge. Um, ambassador programs are big. People sleep on ambassador programs. Like that's probably one of the best ways to get people to work for you for free. And, <laughs> and, um, and that's builds loyalty too. So ambassador programs, look, I guess before, like one of the biggest things I want to say is a lot of people focus on the promotional part of marketing, but there's also the price. It depends on placement, you know, there's other areas. So um, definitely thinking of like, you know, events, thinking of different ways to get people to, you know, lock in, for instance, rewards, loyalty programs, like Uber has done stuff like that too. Um, you know, where you can, you know, if you get X amount, you know, uh, gamification with certain things. So there's um, so many different ways to change your, your business, not business model, but different ways to have incentives and um, get engagement from people that's offline. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So basically partnerships, different promotional programs, um, different events, um, and then sending mail and all that. Those are different ways. And, and to, to opposite that, how often should you post on social media to get to get some some following or to get feedback? <laughs> so uh, this goes back to doing your research. So like one thing about how many followers you want to get, create you know create your goal, and you can look online for like what the benchmarks are, what that should be. But every social media platform has its own um, number. Um, most of them say post often, post at least three times a day. I will say like that seems to be the average amount. Um, but for instance, on like YouTube, you wouldn't make three videos a day. You would make two videos a week, I think it says. But then you have the stories option. So you could post content and videos in that to re-engage people. Mm -hmm. But most of them are, I think, three times a day. But you don't need to post three times a day. How do you know when to like separate your uh like so we all probably have personal social media accounts right oh yeah and then we have social media accounts to promote whatever venture that we're trying to get into how do you know how to kind of separate the two or where to draw the line on what you're going to share on one page versus another and like do you think you diminish um by kind of spreading yourself out to like too many brands so um it's all about your personal brand so and that's basically like what you like how people feel about you or talk about you when you're not in the room so think about like you know what people say about you doesn't it, people always think they have to start their personal brand or they have to start branding 
we all already have a brand. It's your reputation. What your friends, your family, your coworkers say about you. Like, oh, he's always late. That's part of your brand, you know, whatever. So my point to that is you can weave in your person. You're going to have your social media page should have whatever your personal brand is, is on there. So if you have a coaching program and you're the face of your brand, then you need to, that would be on your personal page regardless. And it's up to you if you want to separate it. But if you know you're going to be spreading yourself thin or most of your audience already follows you, then you should do that. It just depends on how you want to separate your life. But I personally feel like I would say to have two pages or one. I wouldn't try to, you know, separate it too, too much, but it all depends on what you're selling and who your customers are. Cause if let's say you have, you sell, let's say you are entrepreneur and you have multiple businesses and all your businesses have different consumers. So you would, you would want to separate them because you want to have better targeting. So like if I'm, I'm, you know, I'm cool. I have friends from high school and stuff. And then I start my own business and I got to follow some of my friends from high school to like, listen to like follow my business and stuff. And some people do that and it works because they don't have as many followers in the beginning and they know, you know what? I don't really use social media like that. So I'm just gonna convert. But if you know, like you wanna post about your dog one day, then your business, and then you have a mixture of people, it goes back to like, you can't do something for everybody, so. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird, especially in a small business that you're starting out. Like if you have, you know, a hundred followers per page, you end up like posting six, you know, if you have five or six pages, you got to post on all of them just to hit, you know what I mean? Some sort well, of, like, but then you're hitting the same people over. They've, they've seen this post like six times, so then it looks whack. So it's like, that's one thing I kind of struggle with. If you're a small business and you're selling like one product or you have multiple products, it all depends on, like I like it, it depends on what you're selling. But if you're a small business, you're most likely selling not too many different products or they all fall under a portfolio that's solving one need. So if you're solving one need, your customer, these pro all these products, this one customer is going to be interested in. So it's like saying like, oh, I sell all these different hair products. Okay. But it's all hair products for this one consumer. So you can put that all on one page. But if you're like, I sell hair products for food. Now we got, you know, but let's, I mean, but you can still, let's say your consumer likes to do their hair and cook at the same time. So you, there's ways to mesh. I'm someone I could put, not always put two things together, but there's ways to combine things under one brand umbrella. Um, but you just got to think about it more about who your customer is. Yeah. I got a question from YouTube. What part can should podcasts pay in brand marketing's mix? Depends. So podcasting is podcasting is great for you, depending on what you're doing. Um, podcasting is still, people are still trying to figure out how to monetize on it. Cause it's like to track it, to figure it out and all that. So podcasting is great at the early stage of like building awareness and making people like know who you are and find out about you. So like where I used to work, people would come in all the time and say like, oh, I, I heard somebody on a podcast. So if you know that like you want to build brand awareness, like you are new to the game and you know that you're, you can provide a lot of information, insight, that's a great way to start a podcast and pro provide value. People use podcasts to learn. People use that to be for educational purposes. So if your brand can provide that and value to that, do that because that's gonna bring awareness to your brand and then move them down the funnel, which is like going a little bit too, but basically like moving them from like knowing about your brand to considering purchasing your brand to actually buying your brand. So 
the podcasting stage is more in the awareness, like, like who you are. Let me tell you about myself, you know, but it's not like, oh, like, hey, like I'm a product now because you can't monetize really on it that much um, in the early stages. <laughs> hey, if you want to be, you be ratchet with your friends, it's all about your brand. So like, if you have a brand that is super, let's say like, you, you know, if your brand is something that is very conservative and your followers are conservative and then you post conservative stuff all the time, then you want to be ratchet with your friends, be prepared to get backlash. But if you are like Megan the Stallion and you have the knees of, <laughs> like if you if you ratchet all the time and you want to post it, that's part of your brand. So it just depends on you know how you are. I mean, Cardi B has monetized part of her brand is ratchetness, and it's okay because she started from the jump being ratchet. That's how she got famous. So if you are a ratchet person, be authentic. So that's the thing. If you are not authentic, and then you someone catches you being authentic in the streets, that's where the problem comes in. She was definitely about to say something about them strong knees that girl got. Wake up. that one back in. <laughs> so those um those boost posts that come through like Facebook and Instagram says boost your posts so it can reach a certain target audience. Um have you have you found those to to work? Um yes. I I um I did the video I did with, so I posted the video. So on my on my YouTube channel, my two two cents, I did two videos on the Jada Pinkett and Will Smith controversy, and one of them I ended up boosting on Facebook, and it got a ton of um, it got a ton of traction. So it does work. Um, Facebook Facebook likes money, so Facebook is very bias to the organic reach. So in the marketing field, anything you want to get on social media, you want organic reach, which means you're not paying for it. For Facebook, you got to put dollars. So boost for sure. Um, I wouldn't say I'm like a, a expert in that space of how much to boost or whatever, but it does work. It does work. You just need the money. Like, so, you know, as far as um, a lot of questions. Huh? Yeah, oh, we'll wrap it up soon, right? This, my this is my last question. I will ask you. <laughs> what do you think? Um, you know, merch. So it's a great like one avenue to go down. You know, especially like for podcasts or you know events things like that. Where do you uh, draw the line? Do you think there's a um, uh, a limit to how much merch you should try to, you know, put out in order to, you know, not spoil your brand? Like, do, do you have any thoughts around that? Um, I mean, merchandise is great. Um, you definitely want, you have to think about it in a sense of, do people know what your brand is? Like, why is someone going to buy, you know, your, like, I, like, you know, why is someone going to buy your, um, your merchandise over something else? Like, what is it providing? Is it providing, is it because it's super good quality or is it just because this is a regular t-shirt that manufactured is it because it has your brand name on it? So if it's something that you're not providing, like um, it's not designed, design isn't the reason why, and you're literally just stamping your logo on it, you have to think about 
how big is your brand or how many people follow you that would want to wear it or what's the message on it so some people like especially in the merchandise space like things that sell well are things with messages on them so are you providing something that has messages that are tied to your brand or you know how are you gonna so like you should think about that like what value is someone getting out of wearing your shirt is it because they like the what the saying is or is it because they have a connection with your brand and they want to wear it because if you're like hey I got, you know, hey, buy this shirt. I have this brand. It's like, wait, I don't know what that is. I'm not going to rep that. Or like, no, like it's too soon. So most people do merchandise when they have a brand, like a following. And people start asking them, like, do you got any merch? You know, I, I want to rep that. Or I like your stuff. I want to wear it. But when people try to push it out too early and people don't know their brand, it's like, I don't want to wear this. Like, okay. It's more so I like the graphic or I like the what it says. So if you're going to go the route early on with merchandise, think about how it can add the design, the look and feel, the quality, like some other attribute besides the logo. Nice. Thank you. You're welcome. He's like, I got to redesign. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, look, everyone, first of all, I want to thank you for joining us tonight because we know time is something that we can't get back and time is very important to people so we want to thank you for joining us tonight thank for you business series. and I know people have definitely will benefit from what you've been saying so again so if you just join us or you've been watching we are talking to Ramatu Kandakai of my two two cents yes follow me on YouTube LinkedIn plug all your stuff all yes that. plug, yeah. plug everything so my two cents on LinkedIn is a hashtag. So definitely follow me. All these tips, everything I'm telling you guys, I post about it daily on LinkedIn. Um, if you like YouTube and you want to learn more about brand strategy through like fun, you know, pop culture, all this controversy and stuff, I will be posting new videos soon. And I want to know what you guys watch, you know, that ratchet stuff. I, I will teach you guys lessons through that too. And um, also if you're looking for one-on-one -on -one consulting, um, go to tutubrandstrategies.com. I have some one-on-one -on -one consults that you guys can book, you know, so you guys don't have to get me on a podcast and have a group of guys, people asking me questions. <laughs> <Just Yeah. one -on -one. laughs> yes, yes. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really searchable. Just Google Ramatu Kandakai and you'll find me. Gotcha. Okay, so I gave you a little bit of homework. Uh, we had two more questions left. So uh, this is what we asked everybody on our show. You did. Their top three. So ask what your top three movies are of all time, your top three albums of all time. Uh, we start with the movies because the albums can kind of get a little... Oh, I have... I have the albums, not the movie. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, we'll For albums, definitely Thriller, Michael Jackson. Like all time. You said all time. Of all um, time, yeah. Yes, I I feel like that's gonna be my kids, kids, kids are gonna be listening to that. Um, and then the miseducation of Lauren Hill is my other one. Um, I feel like we still haven't found like a female that can do both rap and sing like that and provide an album like that. Um, so those are two. I couldn't think of a third one. I feel like this new generation. Those are, two, those are two strong albums. Yeah, I couldn't think of another one that I could really have a heavy rotation like that, that has like that, that timeless effect. Um, there's a lot of albums. I think a lot of artists have some dope albums. Obviously, Usher, you know, Confessions is up there. Um, R. Kelly has a lot of albums. 
<laughs> but I didn't think, I just didn't think there was anything that um, I could say was like truly timeless like those two. For movies, uh, I, 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 I'm drawing um, That's fine. I can't think of any movies that I, um, I like a lot of different movies. I couldn't think of like a top three movies. It's meant to be tough. It is tough. I mean, at least if you give me a genre, then I could find. That's, it. that's what you you got. You got to guess. You got to come up with it. It's, it's, it's meant to be a, a tough question. Um, so, but let me thank you. Uh, thriller is definitely. I don't know if you've heard Thriller before. I'm sure somebody said it. Miss Education, Lauren Hill, by far. I mean, both of those on by far are going to be classics for sure. <laughs> yes. I want yes. you to hang out for us for a little bit. Uh, we got. A couple more, a couple more segments left, and then we'll be out of here. So now, this is where E. Rich, he's gonna give his opinion on something, and you know, it might be popular opinion, it might be unpopular opinion, and we'll see what he has in store for us tonight. He's gonna throw me in the fire without that. Without it's that, time. It. It's time. No, so you know, we've done good doing very well with this segment but um i'm gonna keep it short sweet to the point you know because uh clearly it's caused a lot of controversy which you know draw some you know views and all that good stuff but uh straight to the point and i know pops is getting he got his cuss word ready for it. <laughs> <It's right there. laughs> um but uh as it says is it just me um uh, or is it that uh, ranch dressing is probably the most trash kind of sauce? It's it, for sauce dipping, pretty much. It's it's that bad. Wait, no. Yes. <laughs> no. Yes. Ranch? No. Ranch dressing is horrible. Yeah. There, is there? There's. It's, it's, listen, you got you got so many consistencies of different ranch dressing from buttermilk to whatever wherever you get it from they taste different it's it's just the worst dipping sauce out there but that's just me though okay i agree with eric <laughs> <laughs> what you talking about ranch oh, over 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 it's like just honey me. mustard over the chick-fil-a sauce over like all the different sauces that are out there, you mean to tell me that ranch is your always go-to sauce? Ranch is my go-to if I have buffalo wings. Go. See, that's to. it. What else though? If um, oh, sometimes if I'm like grilling chicken, I'll put it on top of the yeah. It's uh, it complements chicken well. There's there's some poetic affair. I hate ranch. <laughs> ranch. <laughs> well, in the comments, everyone in the comments is like outraged, like me. I'm gonna eat ranch tomorrow just because. Right. I am pro mambo sauce with fried chicken wings and fries. Shout out to the DMV, but like ranch ain't that bad. It's all right. It's ranch is kind of like like uh, it, it's like down the list though for me. Like you know what I'm saying? Like in fifth or sixth place, I like stuff like guacamole and you know what I'm saying. It's other things you can, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, Marinara I mean sauce like. <laughs> But ranch is cool. Like I don't, I'm not anti-ranch. Yeah, I feel like e, e, you got like you like just don't like you refuse like it's not even on your list. You know, for us, it's like it's on our list. It's in the mix. 
Right. Uh, it's, it's, one of the, it's one of the tools in the toolkit, you know? Yeah. Uh, you put on your salad if you ain't using ranch in your salad. No, see, because listen, listen, that's listen what listen to what it was. It's dipping sauce. They said nothing about salad, dipping sauce. If you get a if you get some nuggets, you get this, that, and the third, a uh, chicken strip or something, and you mean to tell me that ranch is your go-to, it's completely trash. It's trash. You're you're settling for you're settling for like literally salad dressing. That's what you're that's what you're settling for. The Chick Fil A ranch was bomb before they went with the garlic ranch. I thought I thought they kind of made a yeah, laugh. I, like <laughs> I tolerate it, you know. But they had it right before. Like <laughs> that's random, I know, right? Some bad boy stuff. But, <laughs> but the Chick Fil A ranch. Cleo, I ain't here from you, bro. What's, what's going on? See, look at this. It's not just me. One. 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 No, that's two. two. Listen, I'm trying to tell you the the ranch community. It speaks for itself. Yo, it is garbage. It is. Look, you dip your wing, your sauce, whatever. It is. It's. It's. it's <laughs> what is it? It's liquid. <laughs> yo, pops is giving me the business today, bro. I can't do it. <laughs> but Cleo, where, where you at with it? I mean. As far as the dipping sauce, your dipping sauce, uh, you you getting some wings. It's not a it's not a go to on a dipping sauce, but it's. Would you, you know, miss it if it was gone? No, nah, I wouldn't miss it. There it is. But that doesn't mean it's trash. It no, it's, mean, trash. it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not. It's not tough. What's the top flight dipping? What's, what's what's number one and two? What's one number one or two? E for your for your dipping. You know. Uh, well, see, now mine's a little biased, right? Because I'm always getting the, you got to get the spicy, you know, nuggets or you got to get okay. the spicy chicken strips, right? So ranch really just doesn't hit at all. You got to get like the, the honey mustard or like I said, the, it, you know, I'm, I'm the type, I'm going to grab the the spicy chicken strips from Jack in the Box, which they just discontinue on some bullshit. But then I'm going to go to Chick-fil-A and cop the Chick-fil-A sauce or the Polynesian sauce. Wait. That's hands down going you down. To you, okay, sauce. wait. I, Okay, if you can try the blackened ranch divot sauce from Popeyes. Popeyes. Okay. See, he knew. He knew. If you can take that <laughs> what? and then tell me that wait, you don't wait, like wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. The blackened ranch sauce. Run, run that back one more time. If you want me to go. It's trash, right? <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> and Popeyes to the list, Pops. Right. <laughs> no, forget it. You're like, you want me to go. Like, clearly I hit a nerve. Like, for real? Like, you, you, like, that's so that, that's the go to sauce if you're at Popeye. See, no, I, it's not the go to sauce, but I'm saying I think you would like their ranch sauce. That black and ranch is really good. I think black and like I've had black and ranch from Popeye's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's good. It's good. But my, with my go-tos, I mean, depends on where you got. Like McDonald's sweet and sour is probably the best one. That's and then that's a, that's a hey, soy sauce is an underrated sauce. Really. That is the sriracha, spicy so the sweet and sour spice the spicy sriracha sweet and sour Chick Fil A. That that hits that hits. So again, you could come up with the top if you came up with like <laughs> Superfly top two. You mean to tell or top three? Hell, even a top five. 
ranch should not be in no black ranch no but the black and ranch with Popeyes is, is is up there. I actually it's up there. That black and ranch hits. Ranch for me is almost like ketchup. You know what I'm saying? It's close. It's like it's like uh, it's becoming <laughs> like a, a staple, a basic. You know, it's just a it's cool. It's just a little more basic, but it's not. It's still not trash on me. It's just a you, little like it's a fallback joint. You use the word basic with ranch. It equals trash. <laughs> <laughs> and those are the unpopular opinions <laughs> of Mr. Eric Walker. All right, that is the part where we talk about shoes, Ramaphine. I told you it was coming. And look, now this is probably just, just gonna sit back, and we're gonna. This is how we wrap up. Okay. Um, but there's there's one more thing before we get to that part. Okay. I like to play around with that button a little bit. All right. So, fellas, the CB is out. This is normally his thing right here. Uh. Is the copper drop? So this week, more ninety-eight. Huh? The copper drop. I'm not right. I'm doing this on honor of CB because CB is a, a Air Max kind of guy. So this is the Air Max ninety-seven. Uh, the price point is one hundred seventy bucks. Comes out on November 9th. Should be easy. I, I think it should be an easy cop if you're going for it. So we go around and we ask. Uh, Superfly, you copping a drop? Uh, it's a drop for me. I'm not the biggest fan of the 97s that much. Um, and the, the colorway is a little a little bland for me. But it, they're cool because they do go with a lot of stuff. But it, I'm just not. They're not for me. He? Oh, that's a cop. Uh, definitely an uh, Air Max 97 fan. Uh, I agree with Superfly. The colorway is not all that. It doesn't pop out at you, but it's definitely uh, it, it's a it's a staple shoe to rock on a on a you know maybe a rainy day or something like that. Mm-hmm. Let's finish up real quick because there's a couple comments that probably should be read. <laughs> <laughs> He's so funny. <laughs> Yo, see you see what you started with the dipping sauce. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that's easy. Okay. Uh, for me, I'm going to do... I'm going to cop those. Like I said, go with every, those with everything. Um, and I'm going a, I'm to... A, 97s are okay for me, so if I had the opportunity, I would cop those. Rama 2, I'm, I'm going to ask you, if if you had the opportunity... Drop. Drop? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. So, this is uh for the soul. This is where we, us sneakerheads, we spotlight a shoe that's in our collection or something we just picked up over the week or however long it may be, and we just you know we spotlight it. That's just that's what it is. Uh, I will go. I'll go first since I'm already up. Um, so tonight, 
Oh, vintage oh, oh, Nike box. Yeah. Right, vintage. From the mid 90s. Vintage Nike box. And inside that Nike box. Oh, are those like OG? Nah, these, these weren't OG. These were um for uh, I think they were one of the runs. I think the second run, maybe maybe third, but okay. Never worn. Oh, wow. Actually, BS. Still actually BS. So, yeah, Jordan Eleven, Brad, one of the bigger, more popular shoes out of that, out of all the Jordans collection. Yikes! Oh. Very dope. It's a cool. I should have saved those for some because CB gone. When CB come back, he got he got some heat. <laughs> and to avoid the letdown, I don't have I didn't come to play tonight. Okay, maybe okay. So it's just me and E tonight. Okay, that's yeah. fine. That's Actually, fine. no, no, no. It's me and Ian Pops. Go ahead. <laughs> so you know we gotta we'll keep it we'll keep it right there. Okay. And uh, these are actually a toss up on whether or not I wanted to rock these in the uh uh, for mm. the pictures in the magazine, the big, but the white and red. <clears throat> nice. I love the threes. Threes is nice. just like, I don't know, man. Like I said, the threes for me is like, they they really haven't messed up the colorways of the threes. Now, clearly, I've worn these, as you can see, but not as much. Trying to keep them uh, clean and pristine as possible. Nice. But, uh, yeah, the threes for me is like uh it could be an everyday shoe. And to be honest, yeah. I feel like this is probably one of the dopest shoes to like actually hoop in and then like get off the court and then put a different pair on a different color and you still look, you know, still look good. I'm shocked you ain't you didn't go for those Kobe threes. <sighs> Listen, man, that first of all, don't hurt my feelings like that because those were hard as hell to get. Cause you know they also what they do, the, the sixes as well, or what were the other yeah, it was a pack, right? By the way, Rama too. He's out. In, he's out in Cali. Oh, okay. He's he's a Cali guy. Yeah. Uh, trust I me. I tried eight. To, yeah, it was that. I think. Yeah, I think they did the eights. Yeah, they did the uh, the eights like that and the threes. But yeah, they came in a pack. And that. Good luck trying to get that. You had to know somebody who knew somebody outside of us knowing pops that you know couldn't. Get it. But you know that and the undefeated one as right. well. Yeah. Speaking of which, pops came to play. Uh, he, he, he sent in his pictures. MTMs. Why is it in black and white? Crazy. That's the, the shoe black and white. Yeah. So the these are MTMs for Michael Jordan, Tinker Hatfield, and Mark Smith. And uh these these were gifted to Pops from uh from him. We'll just say him. But these were gifted down to Pops from him. So what was the other uh, shoe? What was that? Like a 20? What is it? It was a one, and I think it's a 28, 28 29. Yeah. Around that number. It was a low. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, yeah. Super clean. And ones are crazy, though. Like, yeah, that one, yeah, that, that one, that one, that one is out of here. Crazy. That one is ridiculous. <laughs> right. Here we go. Finish up our comments. Appreciate it, Pops. You dragged me through the comments, so I had to, I had to come back somewhere. <laughs> <It's> funny. <laughs> <laughs> a man shoe. <laughs> and then so we'll go ahead and advertise it. So we're doing we're working on a project. So I'm calling all my sneakerheads. If you're interested in this project, we got we we start off with 25 slots. It's, it's going down. I, I think we're down under 10, perhaps. If you're interested in being part of this project, we're looking for Nikes and Jordan connoisseurs. 
Uh, econahill196 at gmail.com. Email him and let him know you're interested about the project. And uh, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll follow up with you with the rest. 29s. Those are 29s. All right. So, again, we want to thank Ms. Rama too, Kanda Kai, for joining us tonight for our Black Business Series. And everybody watch on Facebook, YouTube, IG. Plug your stuff one more time, please, because people need to know where they can find you and reach uh, out. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, brandstrategies.com, uh, my22cents.com for all my blogging and stuff. And then if you just Google, Ramatu Kondakai, <laughs> or if you just Google Ramatu DMV, I'll come up. My SEO is great. That's the one of the pros of having an African name. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. That's great. Um, that's we are something else on Google, all social media platforms at this point. Uh, next week we are continuing our Black Business series. We're gonna have Mr. Elijah Shaw from Icon on the show. Uh, we'll talk about him off air. But on that note, I want to leave everybody with this. Oh, I saw this meme earlier. <laughs> Please.